Get your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 4. Again, my name is John Ragsdale, and you met my wife, Kristen, a moment ago. She was the lady that came up and and prayed over you, and um, we're so honored to pastor this church. While you're turning there, I'm going to have you just to probably applaud one more time, because Wednesday night, Wednesday night, we had 17 people make the hills their home at our Next Steps night. That's awesome. 17 folks. Already plugging in, so we welcome all of you. I saw some of them already serving today, so that is amazing. Uh, We are in the middle of closing out uh, a theme, a teaching theme called 2015, the year of, and we've just been talking about what 2015 is about. We started off by making the, or discussing the fact that everybody names their year, everybody says, this is the year that I, this is the year that we uh, and a lot of, probably eight times out of ten, sometimes don't ever follow through with that, what this year was going to be. And um, in our text, we find that the only one that can really name the year is the one who has the authority to name the year. And that's Jesus Christ. He gets to say what the year is all about. And so we talked about, well, maybe if he gets to say what the year is about, then maybe we need to hang out with him. Spend a little time with him, find out what he's saying. And so we began our 21 days of devotion that we are now in the final week moving into that. 21 days of devotion. I want to really encourage you, let's press in this week. Our family is, we have, we've been doing some fasting up until this time, but this next week on the home stretch, we're really, really pressing in. I want to encourage you to do that. I will actually be going to uh, our son's school, Christ Presbyterian Academy. They have a, a class on spiritual disciplines, and uh, so I'll be speaking to the seniors about fasting. So they're really excited for me to be coming in. Talk. I already had some of them come up to me and say, man, don't you mess with me, all right, about fasting. Uh, so I want to encourage you this week, let's press in. Uh, find something in your life that you can abstain from, a food, a drink, uh, some people are fasting meals. Other people are going for a whole day. Many people are going for multiple days. I want to encourage you to do that. Fast, pray, listen to what God is doing. How many of you do not follow us on social media? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. We're not going to be mad at you. How many of you have social media, but you're not following us on social media? Okay. Uh, okay. All right. I want you to go to the Hills Enville at the Hills Enville and Uh, On Instagram, every day, we're sending out a scripture and a prayer focus. And then also, when you, if God speaks something to you, I want you to hashtag it, 21DOD. Let us know, because it's so encouraging just to go click on that hashtag and see what God is speaking to our body. And many times, it'll be saying the same thing. So I want to encourage you to do that. And then we'll be sending emails out and all that. All right, good. Let's go. Y'all ready to dive in today? So 21 days of devotion as we said, God, we want to know what you're saying. We want to hear what you are speaking. Let me read our text, Luke 4, 16. We'll breeze through 16 and 17. It's setting it up. Well, Jesus shows back up at his hometown, and he goes, uh, he goes to the synagogue, and he begins to read. It happens to be Isaiah Day, and he begins to read verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, 
to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Y'all, I oppressed. Y'all, I am so excited about preaching this word today. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Everybody take a deep breath and say that last one with me. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Won't you say it like you're going to be preaching it today, all right? Deep breath and let's say it. To proclaim the year of the Lord. And then close the book. I can imagine just like those big old family Bibles. How many had one of them big honking family Bibles growing up? A big white one, you know? It started off white. It turned like a manila color after a while. How many had that? Had pictures in it? Sweet pictures, too. Like, good art. How many of y'all had the one that had the thing on the front where Jesus, like, if you moved it, it would change pictures? Did y'all have that one? Y'all rich. That's the rich people. Like, you got it? Well, Jesus would, like, go from the cross to the resurrection. You're like, oh. Remember that one? That's kind of what I think of when I see him closing that book. He's like, here we go, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Get some. Just kind of walks off. Sits down, which was traditional, after they would read the scripture, then the teacher would sit down, and then they would begin to teach. And he sits down, and the Bible says all the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him, and here's his sermon. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Done. That's it. How many of y'all like to hear a sermon like that? Just me walk up, one statement. God bless you, I'll go get some chicken. Just like, roll out. The Jewish listeners, now we went through several weeks ago. If you've not listened to this, I would recommend go back and listen to this podcast. Go to thehillsnashville.com and listen to this. If you have not heard it, and I want to say last Sunday, if you did not listen, we're not here for last Sunday's sermon. Look at me. Please go listen to that. I don't normally encourage people to listen to my teaching, but this is a word for our church. I believe it was a word for our city. I believe it was a word for our nation, and it sets up today. So our, as Jesus is saying this, first of all, he's proclaiming what he's called to do, that he's going to take care of of the poor and the brokenhearted and the captives, the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And so he's declaring what his ministry statement is. And then he says to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. When he says that, all the Jewish folks, which would all that would have been in the synagogue at that time, they all like, oh, all right, we know what he's talking about. Because Jesus at that moment was talking about the year of Jubilee. Everybody say, year of Jubilee. Now, for those of you that were not with us, let me say it really quickly. Uh, Every seven years, there was a Sabbath year, which meant you give the land a break. You don't farm, you don't harvest, you give the land a break. And you, you rely upon the blessings of God from the first six years, okay? Sabbath year, take a break. How many could use a Sabbath year? Not a day, a whole honking year. Come on. A Sabbath year. Then every seventh Sabbath was not just a Sabbath year, but it was a year of Jubilee, which meant this. Not only did the land rest, but the property was reverted back to its original owner. So if you lost property, 
they could only keep it until the next year of Jubilee. And then at that year, they would hand it back over to you. Next, debts were remitted. I mean, credit cards just wiped out, done. Mortgages wiped out every 50 years. And then lastly, slaves were set free. I'm excited next Sunday. I want to dive into this a little bit more. But I want to declare over you this morning what I feel like the Lord is speaking to our church. Now, I'm a pastor. I know that. But today, I wish you'd allow me just to step into a prophetic role today. Would you let me do that? Those of you who have never been a part of a church like that, well, just you're a part of one now, okay? So I'm just going to move into just a little prophetic role. I want to speak something that I believe is a word for our church, and I've been declaring this all week during our prayer time, that I believe this morning they're going by the word that's going to be spoken and by the faith for those that are hearing it, there is going to be an activation for some of you. Things you've been praying for, things you've been wanting, things you've been asking for, I believe after today we're going to see an increase in what God is wanting to do. Three people are excited about that. That is amazing. Crazy. Come on, y'all. So, <laughs> really an owl? That's awesome. <laughs> so Jesus is saying, I've been here I've been sent to take care of the poor, the broken heart, the captives, the blind, and oppressed. All of these are made possible because I am anointed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. In other words, even if it wasn't the year of the Lord, even if on the calendar this is not the year of Jubilee, when Jesus shows up and says, today is the day that things change, what happens? Calendars revert, stars realign, whatever needs to happen for that year of Jubilee to take place. He says these things, sits down and says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Everybody say it, fulfilled. Everybody's looking for fulfillment. I want to find that closure. I want to, Jesus is saying that. This, what the prophet wrote right now, this moment, this scripture is D-U-N, done. Today, it starts now. In my notes, I wish you could see it. It's all caps in red with exclamation point. It starts now. Everybody look at me. And just like that, if you were a slave... If you were a debtor, if you were homeless, with one tick of the clock, everything changed. Now watch. Everybody look at me. Year of Jubilee is right there. Here's the line. 49 years of living in debt. 49 years of being a slave. 49 years of losing your property because of a mistake you made or some tragedy. And all of a sudden, the clock ticks. And just like that, you're free. Just like that, you got your house back. Just like that, your debts are remitted. I don't know if that does anything to anybody but me. Because for us, it's the process. And yes, we preach a lot about the process. Look at me. The process was 49 years. 
But at some point, God wants the process to be over and for us to step into the season that he is declaring over us. The process for Israel was not supposed to last for 40 years. It was supposed to be in the promised land. But because they were not willing to accept it because of their unbelief, cynicism, criticism... They could not step in. Man, is that a word for our nation right now? Is that a word for our church right now? Is that a word for Nashville right now? That is one of the most critical, cynical places you could ever be. Because we're used to good stuff. We got it good. We got it made. I mean, we know everything is fine. It's a great town. Great music and business and the economy is good. It's a, there's like a bubble around this city. And, and so it's easy for us to take on this thing. We just feel like, I don't ever know if it's going to happen. As soon as that clock went from 11.59 to 12, debts are remitted. Slaves are set free. You ever notice that when it goes from 11.59 to 12, it's still dark outside? Lights don't suddenly come on and coffee starts brewing, birds chirping and roosters crowing. No, it still feels dark. It looks like nothing has changed. But listen to your pastor today. And if I'm not your pastor, just pretend that I am today. Listen to me. Just because it doesn't look like it's changed, when the clock goes click, it has changed, baby. It has changed. I want someone to receive this this morning. Now, some of you right now are still too cynical. Nothing wrong. I mean, I get it. Been there, done that. Still battle with it some. Some of you are critical, and some of you have just lost your faith. Others just feel like it's too, you're too cool to go, yeah! Inside, you're like, oh, my God, I really want that. I need change. But if I really did what I wanted to do, the ushers would probably tase me right now. Look, we got our t- no tasers today. I'm telling you, this is a word that needs to be received. I can't just speak it. You're going to have to say, that's mine. I want that. I'm receiving that right now. Now, so Jesus is declaring that this was the year of Jubilee. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are physically and literally in the year of Jubilee right now. Israel is getting ready to celebrate the year of Jubilee. Now, they don't do it like they should be doing it because nobody wants to release debts to anybody. Nobody wants to give up property, you know? So Israel doesn't doesn't follow this custom the way that they're really supposed to be doing it. However, spiritually, it is set up on the calendar. We are now in the year of Jubilee. And not just the year of Jubilee. Everybody look. I gave this away last week. Many of you, some of you already know it. This is the 70th year of Jubilee. Now, if you don't think that is significant, and if you don't know, if you don't believe that God loves numbers, just start reading. God uses 40 and 7 and 10 and 70 all the time. 70. 7 being God's perfect number. 10 being completion. Putting those together, 70. So we're at the 70th, 70. I really believe that something's getting ready to click. 
I believe that freedom is going to happen. I believe that debts are going to be forgiven. I believe that some of you that have lost stuff are going to get stuff back. I've been feeling urgency in me lately to pray for things that I quit praying for. Just things that I'm like, yeah, it's not going to happen. Just forget about it. I've been feeling this thing on me lately. I'm going to start praying for that stuff again. I'm going to start praying for those things that I had given up. Listen to me. Write this down if you want to. If not, Get someone else to write it down. But maybe we should just tattoo this somewhere. I believe that this is a year where more than enough kind of stuff happens. That's what I believe, not just to get by. I really believe that we're going to get back to the end of this this year, and we're going to look back and go, oh, my goodness. Can you believe how that happened? I mean, things that we spoke yet last Sunday already clicking. I mean, I stood on this stage and said some things last Sunday that as I was saying them, I'm like, what are you saying? And tomorrow we have meetings that are fulfillment of some of those things. It's just going to happen. It's going to happen. Now, I'm speaking to an audience that about a quarter of you really believe it. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not being mean when I say that. That's my job as a pastor. That's the task that God has given me, to try to get you to believe it and receive it. Turn to Ezekiel chapter 12. Such a fitting passage of Scripture for us today. Because I'm telling you, what we're speaking is going to happen. If I've ever believed anything in my life, Aaron, I believe this. It's going to happen. Not because I'm saying it, but because God has set it up. It's going to happen. Things that we've wanted. And listen to me. It's going to happen fast. It's going to happen fast. Ezekiel 12 and 21. Reading from the NIV. It should be on the screen. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, what is this proverb that you have in the land of Israel? And here's what the proverb is. The days go by and every vision comes to nothing. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I am going to put an end to this proverb. And they will no longer quote it in Israel. Say to them, the days are near when every vision will be fulfilled. For there will be no more false visions or flattering divinations among the people of Israel. But I, the Lord, will speak what I will, and it shall be fulfilled without delay. For in your days, O rebellious people, y'all that don't want to hear the word of God, even when it's a good word for you, I will fulfill whatever I say, declares the sovereign Lord. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, the Israelites are saying... The vision that the prophet sees is for many years from now, and he prophesies about distant futures. Therefore say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, none of my words will be delayed any longer. Whatever I say will be fulfilled, declares the sovereign Lord. I want, to, I want to proclaim something over our church right now. And for those that want to receive it, receive it. For those that don't, then that's fine. I am proclaiming and declaring right now a season of suddenly. 
I am saying that this is going to be the year that there are going to be suddenlies that are going to happen. That it's just going to click and you're not going to know how it happened and that's going to be the greatest thing because you're not going to be able to point to your muscles or to your brains or to your mouth. You're going to say, I don't know how that happened, but it happened. Now, let me backtrack. It only happened suddenly for the folks that weren't in your life. Everybody looks at it and goes, whoa, that happened fast. They didn't see the 49 years of you believing and tithing and praying and being faithful and loving your wife and loving your kids and being showing up on time for work. They didn't see that. Man, that was quick. No, it wasn't quick, baby. I've been doing that for 23 years. That the writer said this. He said, people called him an overnight success, and he says, it was a long night, really long night. So for those folks that are out here, they're not going to understand what it takes to get to that place. And some of them are going to say, well, man, how'd that happen to you? What is the deal? And you can say, favor, like that. Just, okay, the favor of the Lord, that's what it is. But also faithfulness, write this down, faithfulness is what brings favor. Faithfulness brings favor. You just got to stick with it. You got to stay with it. Plug it out. Do it. Now, so I've said a little bit about those folks that are looking in, but let me talk to us right now. Because when you're in the drudgery, when you're in the trudging and the plowing and the digging, I believe our first three years as a church has been a lot of digging, a lot of destruction. That's what the Bible told Jeremiah. He said, you're going to tear down, you're going to dig up, you're going to destroy, you're going to do, and then you're going to build and plant. I really believe our first three years is us just digging and digging and digging. Sometimes when you're in the digging and you're working on your relationship and you're working on your career and you're working on your, your walk with God and you're working on your kids, that when a suddenly happens because you're still in the mindset of trudging and drudgery and head down, you miss it. So I want to make sure we don't miss this moment. That when the clock goes click, that we go, all right, let's go. New day. Head up, chin up, shoulders back, chest out. Let's step into this season. Words have never been enough with God. Never. Words have never been enough with God. He is the word. He doesn't just speak the word. And so because of that, he fully expects action to happen with his word. I mean, look, you think you want it to happen? It's his word. We're down here going, I just wish this would. He's like, I'm the one that's been saying it. I want it to happen more than you do. I've been waiting for 15 months. I've been waiting for eternity. So you're not the only one that wants this thing to happen. And God fully expects when his word comes out, if there was no human intervention, as soon as God says it, boom, it would happen. I mean, you look at creation. And then God said, let there be light. There was light. God saw the light that it was good. You see how that goes? And this is the Ragsdale translation of that. God just says, I think I'm going to make something today. I'm going to make, I'm going to make light. Now think about this, God had never seen light before. There was no light. So God operates by faith in his own word. 
He doesn't ask us to do something he doesn't do. He believes in his word so much that he just says whatever, and he believes in it, and so it happens. That's something to preach on some other time, all right? By faith in his own word. So he says this. I'm going to make something today. What am I going to make? I'm going to make light, all right? Here we go. By faith, let there be light. Boom. Whoa, that's good. That's what happened. It's incredible. Just like that. That's how God operates when we're not a part of the equation. And so God wants that to happen. And so he says this. There is a saying in Israel. There is a proverb. You know how we have sayings, right? I mean, we have them. We just say these certain things. It just becomes a part of life. And that's what this was a proverb. It, there were there were poems. It was like footprints, like the, the poem footprints. You know what I'm talking about? That you've seen in every bathroom in the world. Your grandma's got it on her in her house. Y'all know what I'm talking about. One set of footprints. That's when I carried you, my child. Y'all know, right? It was like that kind of thing. They were like, it had been, it had been like plastered on, on wood frames, you know, and just lacquered and shellacked and placed right beside that family Bible we talked about a few moments ago. There is a proverb that says the days go by and every vision comes to nothing. It's a cynicism. It's critical. It's unbelieving. You and I are the same way. How you doing? Oh, just living the dream. You don't really mean you're living the dream. You're being sarcastic. You're upset about it, right? What's up? Another day, another dollar. Come on, man. You get a dollar. Let's go. That's a good thing. What else do we say? I mean, we could just go on and on. It's this, this thing of, well, I must want to get up and go. Just keep on plugging along. And I'm going to, I know everybody, if I could just win the lottery. And I it's this proverb. It's this thing. And we just get, becomes a part of our, our culture. It becomes a part of our persona. And so here's what he says to them. This is what the sovereign lords, I love he put sovereign. I'm the one, I say it and it happens. I'm going to put an end to this proverb. They will no longer quote in Israel. What he's saying is, I'm going to kill this proverb. And I'm going to bury it six feet under so you're not going to say it. Here's what he's saying. Everybody look at me. He said, I'm going to change your way of talking. I'm going to bury that saying. And the reason God has to change our way of talking, everybody, listen. The reason God has to change our way of talking is this. Because talking and language is a reflection of our culture. It's a reflection of our culture. So God deals with what we say, first of all. I'm going to get in your mouth with an F. So why James says the tongue is the most unruly member of the body. You can't control it because it is a reflection of your culture. The scripture says that whatever your heart is full of is what your mouth says. So if negativity comes out, that's what your heart is full of. If cursing comes out, that's what your heart is. If bitterness comes out, that's what your heart is full of. So when he says, I'm going to change your way of talking, what he's saying is, I'm going to change your way of believing. I'm going to change your way of thinking. Because if I can change your way of talking, it changes everything about you. Yeah. 
I don't always preach Pentecostal, but when I do, The reason he has to do this is because change only comes by a renewed mind. You are transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. He said, I'm going to change your way of thinking. I'm going to change your way of talking. I'm going to bury that proverb. Kristen said it uh, just a few moments ago this morning. She said, part of my fast, can I share this? Is that all right? Sometimes I don't even ask permission, but I did that time. It's going to be a much better week this week because I asked for it. Because she's such a mean lady, you know. Um, this, she said, I'm going to fast negativity. Okay. That's a tough one. <laughs> I think I'll just go without food. <laughs> Look at your neighbor. Just say, easier sometimes to fast food than negativity, Right? What if we just said, all right, you know what? I'm going to change that part of me. I'm going to change it. He says, I'm going to bury that saying, verse 23, the days are near when every vision will be fulfilled. Everybody say the fulfillment. That's not everybody. Everybody say it. The fulfillment of every vision. Look at me. What have you been dreaming of? What are the God dreams? Not your dreams, not your pipe dream. What are the God dreams that you know that God placed it in your heart? You know that you could never fulfill that thing by yourself. What is that? What is that vision? What is that dream? I want to encourage you today to believe this word, that the day is at hand for the fulfillment of every vision. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Just like that, after 500 years of silence, Israel had not heard from God for 500 years, and Jesus shows up on the scene and says, today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And this is what the sovereign Lord says, verse 28, none of my words will be delayed any longer. Whatever I say will be fulfilled, declares the sovereign Lord. Everybody say his voice, his word. Not what folks are saying, what he is saying. Not what your mind is saying, not what your depression is saying, not what your disappointment is saying, what he is saying. And look at me, you know when it's his voice. We have people ask all the time, I don't know when it's God's voice. Oh, yeah, you do. You really, really do. We just make it so confusing. You know it's his voice when it lines up with his word. You know it's his voice when it resonates in your spirit. You know it's his voice when other believers hear it and go, whoa, yeah, exactly. You know it's his voice when you hear your pastor begin to speak it, and you're like, I was just thinking that same thing. How many have had that happen? How many have had that happen this week? As I'm speaking, I've said something, you go, that is crazy. I just tweeted that. That's how you know. That's the voice of God. Listen to that. You know what God has promised you. Don't negate it. Don't beat it down. Don't say that you are not good enough. You're telling God that he's not good enough when you're saying you're not good enough. 
I'm not strong enough. I think you're strong enough or I wouldn't have picked you. You're asking me to do that. Yep, sure am. I can't. So you're saying, I don't know what I'm doing. Is that what you're saying? Can you imagine having that conversation with God? I want to encourage you today to believe. Come on. I speak against every spirit of unbelief today. I speak against every attitude that says, I don't know. I'm just uh, critical. Everybody say, critical, cynical, cool. I'm going to be honest with you right now. I'm done with cool people. Just done. Done. I'm done with it. Done with it. Done. Another word for cool is lukewarm. Just done with it. So ready for folks that are like, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do this. Not, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Come on doesn't mean you got to be as loud as me and jump loud on the stage. You don't have to do that. But it means there's this burning passion inside of you that is ready for more. I'm ready for more. So for those that have sown, you've sown, you've sown, you've sown. Everybody say seed, time, harvest. That's it. Sow it. Then there's some time. That's the tough place. And then you harvest. I'm ready for harvest. I'm ready for harvest. So those of you that have sown, for those of you who have been patient, this is not a word for everybody. I'm telling you, it's not. Because some of you have not sown, and you've not been patient. You haven't. You haven't been faithful. And so you're going to be looking around, at other people that are having a season of suddenly, and you're going to get upset about it. If you haven't sown, if you haven't been faithful, don't get mad. Just start sowing and being faithful. So when your season shows up, it just clicks. Now, there is a beautiful passage of Scripture, though, where there is such grace, where there are all these guys that have been working all week long. They've been working, 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 working. And the, late, the, the owner of the vineyard says, man, I need some more help. And he goes and he gets this crew of guys, brings them in on the last day and says, I want y'all to work. They work for one day. When pay time came, he paid them the same amount he paid everybody else. So those of you that have not been faithful, you've not been, you've not done what God's asked you to do. You haven't been obedient. You have been unbelieving. If that's you, you know who you are. God's asked you to do something. You just haven't done it. Don't freak out. Here's the cool thing. We're right here. And now God is going to let you in on this. All you got to do is just start right now. Okay, I'll start now. Boom, and click. Here we go. Season is done. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, They were all gathered together in one accord, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. The season of suddenly. They'd been in that room, some people say 10 days. 10 days, upper room. We can just go through that whole thing. No bathroom, no night, it'd be nasty. They'd been there. It was 120 is what they ended up with, no telling what they started with. People were like, I can't handle this, I got to go. They stayed there. They worked out their differences. Everybody listen to me. They worked out their differences. You got to remember in that same room was Peter who said, I'll never deny you, and that he, yet he cursed Jesus. He cursed at him. 
cursed about him. And then you got John, who never left him, stayed with him the whole time, was at the cross, took on Jesus' mother. They got to work their stuff out. Because John could have said, how dare you forsake him? And Peter could have said, man, I'm so sorry for my guilt. They got to work their stuff out. See, that's what God's got us doing right now. That's what last Sunday was about, forgiving debts, giving things over, letting go of bitterness. Letting, and then when it clicks, we just step into it. Let's go together. Harvest time. Come on, come on, come on. How many received this word this morning? You receive it? Come on, do you receive this word this morning? Let's stand. Let's stand. I got to pull my socks up. That stomp messed them up. I want you to do that second song y'all did, that one that had that little black keys feel. I like that. Man. Look at me. This ain't polite time. All right, some of y'all already back into your polite mode now. All right, we're standing. No, this ain't polite time. You heard a word today that I believe is a, a direct word from the Lord. It was founded in Scripture. Nothing crazy about it. Now it's time for you to make the decision to receive it. And I don't know that it's going to take polite people to get it. I think it's going to take some of you that are ready. To make a commitment to say, all right, I'm taking that word. This is my, my, y'all don't want it, I'll take it. I'll receive it. A season of suddenly. Turn to someone, look at them, and say, a season of suddenly. And if you don't know them, ask their name right now, because that was pretty awkward. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to now look at that person and take their hand. We don't do this a lot in church because it can get uncomfortable if you don't know that person or if you fought with that person on the way to church and you made up your mind you weren't going to talk to them the rest of the day and now you have to hold their hand. (laughs) Maybe we should start doing that more. (laughs) No more than three. I'd like for at least least two. But if if you have to have three, that's fine. All right? Just two or three. Now, I want you to say this. I'm standing in agreement with you that this is a new season for you. I'm standing in agreement with you that there are some suddenlies about to happen in your life. Now, I want you to pray for them. Come on, open your mouth and pray for them the way you want them to pray for you. Come on, go for it. Let's go. Pray for them right now. Come on. Come on, this is serious. Let's pray. Come on. I'm speaking a season of suddenly today, God. A season of suddenly today, Lord, over Dave. Mm, Over his career. Over his music. Over his ministry. Yes, his marriage. Over John, God. A season of suddenly. Lay my hands upon
Come on, those of you that know how to pray in the Spirit right now, I want you to do that. I'm, I want you just to pray in the Spirit. Let your spirit begin to pray right now. There's something clicking right here in this room. Come on, let your spirit just pray out. Just go, 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 go. Go, go. Let's make a commitment right now. How many ready to make a new commitment? You ready? Close your eyes. Put your hands down. We're going to pray a prayer of commitment this morning. I mean commitment. We're going to say, I'm committed to this season. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take something that's not mine. This is not freeloading. This is not lottery. I am going to make a commitment to this season. We're going to pray today in a way you haven't prayed before, a new way. Now, look, some of you are going to pray this prayer for the first time. We've been asking God to bring you here this morning. You're going to pray this prayer for the first time. Some of you are going to make a rededication. You're like, you know, I've been been around church, been raised in a Christian home or whatever. I'm a believer. But today, I want to to re-up. Today's the day I'm signing a, a new agreement. The great thing is you don't sign a new lease on life. You get to own that puppy when you do that. This is how this thing works, all right? Everybody's eyes closed? I'd like to see the hands of those that when we pray this prayer in a moment, that you're going to be praying it for the first time.